This episode is brought to you exclusively by Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market. This means that at running stores, they sell more Curex insoles than any other brand, and with good reason. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. everybody. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. Today, friends, we are bringing you a gift, one that you may not have asked for or actually don't maybe not want to receive, but it's one that can actually help you stay running consistently and healthily for a long time to come. And yes, healthily is a word. I just made it up and it, and it worked well in the sentence. So there you go. We are going to talk about injuries about what you can do when you feel a stab in your knee, a niggle in your calf, an ache in your lower back. Because when you actually pay attention to that injury and not just keep running and wish it away, you can actually minimize its impact on your running. And that is the gift, is that you get to keep moving forward and not get sidelined by injury. So walking us through the web of injury prevention, diagnostics, and recovery is Christy Diller, a physical therapist and the aptly named Fort Recovery, Ohio. Again, she lives in Fort Recovery. That's the (laughs) best name ever, Christy. Ohio. It's your calling. Um, At work, Christy primarily focuses on outpatient orthotics. She also leads her clinic's must-run program, which includes injury prevention as well as gait analysis. Christy is the mom to three boys and one girl that range from sixth grade to college freshman. And in her spare time, (laughs) she also is the head coach of the Fort Recovery High School uh, cross country and track teams. Christy, we are so thrilled to have you join us today. Well, thanks. Nice to be here. Um, So before we get into the weeds of IT bands and random pains, tell us about yourself as a runner, Christy. Um, So... I started running when I was in the sixth grade, which is, was a really long time ago. <laughs> pretty much have been pretty much have been running the, since then, minus a couple breaks for babies. I was not ever one that could run during my pregnancies; it just never felt right. And it was, sure. that's so breaks. Then um, I still run four ish days a week, um, sometimes with my team, most of the time not though. <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, I have done marathons and half marathons and I was big into track in high school. Um, probably in the last five years since I've started coaching, I, I have not really raced because you know what? All of my attention is on those kids and that, um, that's not, a, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you, I mean, what's the last race you did? I'm just curious. Do you know? I did, well, my husband reminded me this morning, the technically the last race I did was a 5k with my sixth grader this summer, but I wouldn't have called it a race. Okay. <laughs> More convincing him not to stop and walk the whole time. Uh, but the last race I did for myself was, I think in the winter of 2019, Okay. I did a four hour race up in, it was like, it was a trail race, which I did not know when I signed up for it, um, in Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's just a, how far can you get in four hours kind of thing. Oh, so that's interesting. Just, I've never, i never heard of one being four hours. Like I always think of those as like ultra events, you know? Right. Spoiler alert. It, I was hoping it was going to be an ultra. It was not an ultra. <laughs> there was, oh, there really? was like multiple inches of snow on the ground. I don't know why I 
didn't think about that. I just like did not even think that there might be snow on the ground in Michigan in February, but there was. <laughs> so, it was not a speedy affair, but um, yeah, it it was good because there was the pressure was off. Like I didn't have any idea like what your pace was. It didn't matter. It was just sure. how far can you go? So yeah, oh, yeah awesome. it was good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so what got you interested in physical therapy back a couple decades ago? A few times. Yeah, a few years ago. <laughs> um, at, well, when I was 12 or 13, my grandpa was diagnosed with cancer and okay. he, had, he, had a, he had a bone cancer and those can be really painful. And I, he was in and out of the hospital for several years before he passed away. And he would always complain about his PTs. He hated his PTs. And he often would, when we go visit, would tell us that you would be a lot better PT than they than they are. You would be so much nicer. And I don't know why, but that just kind of stuck with me. And I ended up really liking it once I started looking into it. So yeah, and that's, that's where oh, it started. That's a sweet story. I love that. Honoring your grandpa a little bit. Yeah. Okay, um, we are going to dive into the injury situation now. But before we get going, I just want to let listeners know that you, Christy, wrote a helpful blog post on anothermotherrunner.com that kind of lays out the steps you should take when you feel like something isn't right. So we'll link to that in the show notes so you'll know you'll have a written guide to accompany this podcast if you're out in the run or folding laundry or something like that. You don't need to take notes. Um, just, just go down and hit the link to the blog that Christy wrote. So... Okay, so this is kind of, um, you know, everybody, we'll preface it by saying everybody, everybody is different and every injury, you know, might present itself a little bit in a different way on different people. So very general guidelines here, but I think it's what we're about to talk about is pretty important. Um, so this is just a hypothetical example. I'm out for a four mile easy run and my left knee starts to talk to me or my right heel hurts or my calf suddenly seizes up. Um, I haven't stepped into a pothole or otherwise, you know, run into a dog or (laughs) something like that. Like nothing that is like clearly like, oh, that's how I hurt myself. What do I do? Should I keep running? Do I stop running? Like um, if you're in my shoes or or a listener is in my shoes, Christy, what do you recommend? Okay. So sometimes that can be the sign of an actual injury. Sure. But sometimes it's just information. And it's just your body telling you like, oh, maybe you didn't drink enough water before you ran and your calf is cramping up because you're dehydrated. So it's not always necessarily an injury. So what I usually say is if you can run through it and it's, it's not sharp, stabby pain, like you really feel like you were injuring yourself when you keep going, you can keep going. Um, You can always take a break and like take a walk break and just walk it out a little bit. Sometimes that'll be enough for it. And sometimes you start that walk break and then you go back to trying to run and you're like, nope, that is not happening. Okay. Then you know you need to stop. But if it's, if it's more dull in nature and it's just kind of there, it's not really getting worse, not really getting better, but it's not changing. You can usually run through that. Okay. And what about if I, it's dull ish, but I'm maybe changing my gait or I'm slowing down quite a bit to baby it um, or something like that. If I'm aware of that, which I realize might be, kind of a second level consciousness, but do I need to stop then even if I feel like I could power through it? Um, not necessarily. If I, the slowing down part to me, that's not stressful because okay. again, it could just be a, a 
information that you're getting that day. And you may be able to go out a few days later and it may be totally fine. If you feel like you're having, like if you're limping or you're really having to adjust how you're running, then you need, well, I shouldn't say you need to stop. You should stop. How about that? You should stop. Yeah. yeah, There are plenty of people that wouldn't. And I've done that myself many times and then paid for it big time down the road. So yeah, I I mean, if you got to change what you're doing in terms of like you're limping or basically limping because i think if you just slow down that's not necessarily a bad thing okay if you can do an easy run and finish it off then okay maybe you really shouldn't be doing something faster right now sure sure um okay so i get home i finish my four miles do i monitor it during the day to kind of see if it flares up again like how do i know if it was just hey i was dehydrated or something was a little wonky and i'm gonna be okay like Tell me what you what you do for the rest of the day when you're sitting, standing, driving, all that kind of stuff. So one, just kind of pay attention to it and notice it, because sometimes as soon as you stop running, that's it. You don't feel anything. Um, if that's the case, then that's a good that's a good indication that you just need to monitor it and just kind of pay attention. It doesn't. Again, it might just be information. Now, if you are going through your day and you are like every time you get get up from sitting, you're like, whoa, that does not feel good. Or just even walking around, it's still achy and sore. You need to take a couple days to figure that out. Whether that is maybe, maybe it is just dehydration and you need to rethink through your routine. Did I drink enough? Like, okay, maybe you go and you chug a noon or something. So you sure, get sure. electrolytes. I mean, there's things you can do in, in that respect, but I always kind of think if it's bothering you in your day-to-day stuff, Uh, that should be a little ding, ding, ding. Like I may need to be paying attention to this more. If it's not bothering you walk around, you're like, it really only hurt when I was running. I'd say you're probably good to go and just kind of keep, again, keep it in the background, keep it in your back pocket. Like I may need to pay attention to that again, but um, it's not necessarily a got to stop thing. Okay. All right. So, um, so I realize, you know, when I stand up, maybe my hamstring hurts or my glute hurts or whatever, part of me, you know, after sitting at the desk for a while. So I, I, I do decide, okay, maybe a couple days off is a good idea to kind of see if I can, it can just kind of mend itself, but it's not going to just mend itself um, by sitting on the couch, right? <laughs> and eating bonbons. You hit the nail on the head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're really big yeah. on this. So talk, talk a lot about this, Christy. Okay. So I, I mean, I am a runner, so I have made all of the mistakes myself, and I see a lot of runners, um, both at my kids that run and at work, and I don't want to give a percentage. A large amount of people tell me, well, I strained my calf, and I took three days off, but it's not better, and my response is, is what did you do in those three days? Did you do anything? Because it doesn't just magically go away 99% of the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, that's not a judgment on anyone because I've done the same thing and just thought I'm going to ignore this for three days and then I'll try running again. And most of the time it's still right there because it it doesn't just go away always. Um, Very rarely does it just go away. So you have to do something and that could just be um, maybe you're, you're um, doing legs up the wall or maybe you're foam rolling or, okay, maybe if it's your calf, I need to like be working on stretching it throughout the day or it's looking at your nutrition or like, are you fueling at all during your run, before your run, after your run? There's a, obviously there's like a huge gray area of all the things that you could do. But the point is, is you need to do something and not just assume it's going to get better. 
Yeah. Well, and so how, I mean, one of the things when I was dealing with a lot of chronic injuries was, gosh, I mean, it's just a rabbit hole. You go down and you can just be, you can spend hours um, looking for stuff and videos and different pieces of advice. Like, how deep do you recommend going um, without driving yourself crazy or coming into like worst case scenarios, right? You know, where you're like, oh, I'm going to end up on the surgical table, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> well, some people just go there anyway because they catastrophize and I'm not that, that I've been there too. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's safe to say that you just trying something for a day or two or even a, even a week, like if it's, if it's just as an example, say it's your calf, Take a couple days and make sure you're stretching it before you start Googling, when do I need to have Achilles surgery? (laughs) Do some, you know, first just work on stretching because the frustrating thing for people about stretching is it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not immediate. Sometimes it is, but very rarely is it immediate. Usually you've got a tightness there that it's going to take some time to actually loosen it up. Um, Whether that's an actual muscle tightness or it's, or if it's a joint restriction, that's a whole different issue. But either way, give it some time to work. You could do icing, you could do foam rolling, and you could throw all that stuff at it as long as you are consistently doing it. Like you just do it on Monday morning and then be like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to try running Wednesday morning. I'm sure that's fine, but you got to work at it a tiny bit. But I do think giving it a week or so of just like trying something before you start thinking, oh crap, now I really need to be going further. Now this is kind of like, maybe this is um, counterintuitive, but like I I say that, but at the same time, don't let it go too long because I don't know how many times people come in and I'm like, how long has your injury been bothering you? Like, uh, I don't know about six months. And it's like, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If we did like, where were you four months ago? Like if you didn't get it calmed down in a couple weeks and you, you kill, still keep having pain, like you get it looked at because it's going to be way easier to try to address when it's still semi-acute versus this has been going on six months. Well, you're into a chronic injury now and it's not going to get better in a week. And we all know those people or have been those people who are deep in a training cycle. They got maybe, uh, maybe 10 weeks left on a marathon buildup and they show up two weeks before their race and they're like, how do I run this? And it's like, oh, where were you 10 weeks ago? Like we could have done something. 10 yes. Weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So let's talk first. I want to come back to that um, acute versus chronic. But before we do that, I mean, so let's let's just keep going through this timeline a little bit. Um, so so you're we're not necessarily resting on those days off. Um, so you're foam rolling, you're testing stuff out, you're stretching. You can can you can cross train right if you don't yeah. if you have pain right. So if I can ride a bike or swim or elliptical, and the area that was bugging me when I was running is not hurting at all, I'm okay doing that more. Absolutely. Less, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. and always, almost always, except for maybe in case of a fracture or something, movement is going to be better than just sitting on the couch and like wallowing in your sadness. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. Okay. You know, move mo- your, our bodies were made to move. So even right. If running might be painful right now, but maybe you can bike or maybe you can swim. Or even if you just walk, walking is so underrated. You could do time. You can still maintain your fitness with, with even just doing some walking, but uh, you know, yes, absolutely. You should still keep trying to do something, particularly if you're in a training plan and you've got something on the schedule you know, and that's been talked about on here lots of times, like you, sometimes you just, maybe you're running workouts, you just switch them to cycling workouts and you adjust them or, 
or elliptical. I mean, you can still build and maintain fitness with those cross training activities. Nice, nice. So, um, all right. So it's been three or four days. I've been foam rolling my calf. I've been icing. I've been stretching. I've been doing all the things that you've said to do, maybe riding my bike a little bit, spinning. Um, I'm going out. I'm saying that I'm training for a half marathon. So I have, and I'm in week eight of a 12-week plan or something like that. So I'm feeling the pressure, right? Like I got to get going. Do I just jump right in on that, like whatever random Thursday workout is, or talk about how you kind of test the waters on a, um, on a comeback run. Yeah. So what, it, what, and not everybody, but what I see a lot, and maybe that's just because I see the people that end up in PT, but what I, yeah, see, a lot, yeah. what I see a lot is people take three or four days off. They are super itchy to run again and they just want to get back at it. So instead of do, you know, what you should probably do is just do a little 15 to 30 minute, like, let's just do an easy run and see how that, how that goes. Typically what I see is people will jump in and whatever, like maybe they had a tempo run on their workout and they're like, well, I've been off for three days, so I got to get this in. And they jump right into the, you know, and they might do fine. They might be able to get through most of the workout. And then at the end, all of a sudden it's barking at you again. And it's like, okay, like you didn't probably need to do the full workout. You could have just, you, you can ease, you should ease into it to be smart about that because in three or four days, whatever caused that injury in the first place probably is still hanging around and whether you may have calmed it down that that might have that might have happened but it didn't go away <laughs> and so sure, just jumping sure. right back into jumping right back into where you're at on the plan is generally not a great idea i mean you can probably get away with it once but then you're going to pay for it down the road you're going to pay for it <laughs> not fun not fun no thanks to our friends at curex for being the sole sponsor of this episode Follow our lead and swap out the flimsy, factory-installed sock liners in your running shoes for a pair of customizable Curex insoles. Your feet and body will be glad you did. Curex insoles are the top-selling brand of insoles at running stores. In fact, our graphic designer Rebecca, an avid trail-running mother runner, learned about Curex Run Pro insoles from the folks at her local running store. She was complaining of a few foot issues, and their solution, now hers, are Curex Run Pro insoles. She's been running pain-free ever since. As I said, Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and they provide dynamic arch support. You see, insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. My high arches appreciate the high profile. Since starting to run with Curex Run Pro insoles two years ago, I've been injury-free despite keeping up my same mileage. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex us amr15 okay um so so if I, you do have so the the message that i'm hearing is if you have a race on your schedule if you are somebody that quote unquote has to run for your mental health and no judgment there we all know right. what that looks like um we've all been there or a lot of us have been there you need to get to somebody sooner than later when if that if that 
easy run didn't feel good or um, or it's just not going away, right? Absolutely, because they're, uh, when people come to me and they've, and this is the time of year for that, because people, a lot of people fall races and they want to race they, season. Yeah. yeah. And that's when people get injured is how, you know, halfway or three quarters of the way through their training plan. And then they're in a panic, like crap, I really want to do this race. What do I got to do? And, and I very rarely have people shut it down. I, I, I really try to make sure we can get you through it. Um, and, but you have to get to us, <laughs> you yeah, know, you yeah. can't just, and generally it's just the hard part for people is wrapping their mind around. They might ha- not be able to do things the way they've been doing them or the way that they like to do them, but we can usually adjust it enough to still get you to the finish line and, and maybe even still do get the goal. If you, you know, if you were had a goal for a time or a place or a certain, you have some type of goal, we can usually still get you close if maybe not all the way there but uh, it requires modification 90% of the time. Okay. Um, so if, if I don't have a race or I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm okay riding my bike and swimming or, you know, walking for a couple of weeks and trying to manage it on my own. And then I'll see where that is. My question is, and I think I like this idea. I like, you know, being patient and seeing, seeing what can happen, but I find that it's hard sometimes to, and I imagine you see this quite a bit, um, hard to maintain motivation to do all those extra things, all the stretching, all the foam rolling. It's never hard in it. For someone listening to this podcast, I'm guessing it's it's probably easiest to rally for cardio exercise, right? Because they get, get the endorphins, you get the sweat, you feel good, you clear your head. You don't do that with planking or foam rolling. So do you have any tips on like how to kind of either if you do have, if you have been to a PT and they say, okay, you need to do these things or you're like, okay, I'm going to manage it on my own for a little bit and see what I can do. Like, how do you stay consistent? So I think personally for me, I think it helps to think about long-term because Yes, I really like to run, but I also would like to still be running in five years or in 10 years and hopefully much longer. Um, I had my own little Achilles thing flare up last year about this time. And I, I don't, I mean, who knows, maybe it was because I was trying to run with my cross kids and I shouldn't be doing that anymore. I don't, <laughs> there were probably several things going on, but I backed it off and I kind of just what I call messed around with it for two months because you know, this, that, that's a busy time of year for me. And I know this is no different for anybody else. And so I did my foam rolling. I tried some muscle scraping. I did the icing. I changed shoes. I did what, you know, what strength things that immediately came to mind. I picked my coworkers brains about things, Sure. but you know, about four or five weeks in, I'm just kind of like, I just, don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I have to imagine, I mean, and I'm a PT and I don't, I get that way. And so I know that that's a common thing, but once I really like took the time to sit down and think about it and go through everything rather than just patching it, which is what I was doing because I was busy and I didn't want to mess with it. Once I really sat down and figured it out, it was better in a week. Really? Wow. Wow. Like once I like, and, and so I equate that to once you go and get help and you, you know, you can make big gains, but it does, you know, the, the bottom line is why did I actually sit down and try to figure it out? Because I was sick of not being able to run or sick of not being able to run pain-free, I guess I should say. Sure. And so 
then once I started seeing improvement, well, boom, now I'm doing it all the time because dang it, now I see improvement and I want to keep going. And it only took, it probably took two or three weeks for it to be completely cleared up after that. But, you know, it's no different than anyone else. I'm still sitting on the couch kicking myself. Like, why did I not do this a month ago? Like sit down and just take the time to do it. And I know that's no different for anyone else. That's, that's, life you know that's what it is well and I often feel that it you feel like it looms over you and it's like this oh it's this big thing and I gotta go change my clothes and it's 30 minutes and I gotta you know be in the basement and my kids are gonna need me or whatever and the reality is is I think sometimes we build it up a lot bigger to you know sometimes now these days I mean right now we're doing like a five minute strength and recovery streak and love the run and if you set your timer for five minutes on your phone or 10 minutes or whatever it goes quickly and you'd be amazed at what a little little slice like that consistently can do right what makes a huge difference and yeah. and it it but it is you hit the nail on the head with the motivation that that's the biggest thing because i you know not not to talk about myself but as a as an yeah. example i have a scoliosis and most of the time it's fine if i'm doing my crap to be honest but yeah. if i get busy and i'm not doing the stretching i need to do that's when stuff flares up and it's like it is I, I literally will, and I'm sure there are plenty of other people who do this. I will lay in bed at 10 o'clock at night and think, crap, like, why did I not do that today? And, yeah. it, but it's like, but what gets me out of bed to go do that, because you're exactly right. Five minutes makes a huge difference is I don't want to hurt tomorrow. You know? yeah, yeah. And that's, that's really the bottom line. Like you have to do these little consistent things. As, and it's just a fact of life as we get older, because our bodies change, things change even a few minutes, something to change, some little change like that in your routine can pay huge dividends in your long-term ability to keep doing this at, at whatever level you're looking at. I mean, the, this is no different than uh, lots of people have heard the the stuff about Meb and how, as he got closer to 40, he like totally revamped his entire training plan to do what he'd really focus on recovery stuff. And it extended his career by how many years? I mean, and he's an elite athlete. Like think of just a few, like five minute things that we can do. What yeah. a difference that can make. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I, I mean, you know, just going back to keeping it real, you know, you're lying in bed saying, why didn't I do that? Like I went to, I have a physical therapist here. I've had some problems with my knee. Um, and I went to him yesterday and, and uh, he's like, well, how are you doing? And I was like, well, it still hurts. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, <laughs> and I, I have, I have this, um, other like shoulder series that I do for my, my, my neck and my shoulder hurt too from swimming. I'm kind of a, you know, hold, hold them together all with a piece of thread. And, um, and, uh, I love doing that. That feels so good. So I'll f- focus on that. I get to stand up doing it and it feels mm-hmm. good and I'm moving more and it's not really painful where the foam rolling on my quad is really painful and I'm like I don't want you know so anyway long story short is yes I you 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 get to this point of okay do I want to hurt and um I don't you know I you gotta kind of just suck it up a little bit and and set the timer so I and get reset like I left yesterday and I was like okay I'm, I'm back on the foam roller you know sometimes you just need a little bit of a push professional push and you'll be like okay I'll do it I'll do it <laughs> it well yeah and I hear I mean I literally hear that every day I'm at work I just had somebody come in and and I'm only seeing them once every two two weeks I think and you know they came in and I'm like well how are things going he's like yeah I'm just gonna be up front I didn't do anything since I saw you last and I'm like okay okay uh, like <laughs> yeah okay well that was kind of a wasted two weeks so let's start again <laughs> let's yeah see. yeah 
but you know, like I kind of appreciate the honesty, but at the same time, it's like, you can't, you, you, like we said before, you have to do something. You can't just sit there. It's not magic. It's not going to just go away. Like you ha- you do have to do something. Yeah. Well, and it reminds me of like going to a piano. I mean, again, we'll, we'll stop talking about ourselves, but I mean, I remember going to piano lessons where I hadn't practiced for the whole week. Yeah. Um, and you go sit down and I was, you know, I mean, it was a different situation with a teacher and, you know, I was young, but God, my nerves. And I just, oh, and I, yeah. you know, it's just awful. And you just, you know, and you're just like, why didn't I do that? Um, you know, and at the time, there's always some reason. There's always going to be a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that feeling of not showing up. At least he was honest with you, though. But it's kind of frustrating <laughs> from your end, though. You're like, okay, well, and I'm, I'm sure you're very professional, but gosh, how, you know, you're like, all right, well, so did you just waste, I mean, you kind of wasted, you kind of wasted your time from two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And I probably am more direct than I should be at times. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I, and I, and lots of times I'm thankful that I still need to wear a mask at work because I like, okay, too bad. It doesn't cover my eyes when I'm like, what, where the heck, like, what do yeah. I do with this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. It's, it's just life. And yeah. you know what, that's, that's the way I, that's life. So you just have to reset like, okay, well, let's start again. Like, what can we do to make this happen? And hopefully it goes better the next time. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and so let's go back a little bit. Um, So say I was motivated to try to manage it by myself. It's been like, you were kind of talking about your, um, your calf, your Achilles, Um, four to five weeks, not a lot of improvement. I keep kind of giving, going on those test testing runs and they're not what I want them to be. Why is it important that at that point, somewhere in the four to six week window that I seek help from an outside professional instead of just trying to kind of do what I've been doing and hoping that time will be the, um, the salve that I need. Yeah. So you actually, depending on the injury, you can actually have changes at the tissue level. So, you know, like we've been kind of using the calf uh, uh, as an example, like if you have pain and and lots of people have done this, you start running differently. So you use those muscles a little bit differently. And now you're getting weird strains and stress on areas that aren't used to that. And you actually can get changes at the tissue level. So, you know, where sometimes just doing the, the, I sometimes call it the frou-frou stuff where you are, you know, massaging and stretching, not that stretching is not important, but you're, you're kind of just doing the nicey nice stuff to try to make it feel better. That doesn't always work because now we've got actual changes at the tissue level. And so you have to go deeper. You have to figure out why that's happening. And that could be, you know, in that, in the case of an, of the ankle example, maybe it's that you've got an actual trigger point in there and you need to like figure out what's causing that. What are you doing in your stride that's doing that? Or maybe it's that your ankle is locked up and you don't have enough range and you can stretch that sucker all day long, but there you're not, you're not getting to the root of the problem. Or it could be something coming from up higher in the chain. Like maybe your hips are tight. And so the hips and the ankles are connected. And if your hips are tight, sometimes your ankles are tight and it can be this whole, there's so much to look at. And so having somebody else step back and help you look at it can really get to the root of it. And that's where you really start to get, get going in the right direction. Nice. Nice. And it kind of, it can switch too from being something that can kind of be treatable and maybe a couple, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, treatable in a couple of weeks, a couple of sessions, long-term care versus like chronic a year, two years. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, if we're seeing something kind of acute, you're, you're, those changes may not have occurred yet. So you okay. might be able to make a difference a lot quicker. Whereas if we're talking something that's been going on for months 
And that's not to say it's not going to get better, but it's just going to take a lot more time. And we may really need to, there may be, it's kind of like an onion and there may be many layers at that point too. Sure. You know, it may have started as the ankle being locked up, but then now we've got trigger points. And then now we also have pain up in the IT band because you've been, you've been running funny on that foot. So it's like, now you've got all these layers to peel back to figure out where had you come in initially, maybe I just needed to mob your ankle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that, and that's it. And then I show you how to do that. And that makes a huge difference. So th- th- it just gets a lot more complicated when you get further down because everything's connected and you know, something at the bottom of the chain goes right on up and can, and can affect things up higher sure, or vice sure. versa. Totally. Well, and I want to, so um, Christy, you're going to kind of come on uh, regularly and kind of be our PT in residence, right? Um, help us with um, decoding, different injuries and different body parts and stuff. So um, so I don't want to go too deep into this because I want to come into another episode where like best practices for runners. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is um, wanting to just kind of be proactive right now, let's just give them a couple quick tips on how to, you know, if they are feeling healthy and feeling good, how do we keep them that way? Um, so warming up, you're a big fan of, uh, of warming up before a run, right? Right. And this is, Totally right up AMR's alley. I mean, you guys preach that all the time, but a dynamic warm up is key. And I am no different than anyone else. I did not start doing one until five or six years ago, but man, what a difference that makes. Um, and it, it, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, it can be lunges and leg swings, which is what I have my high school and junior high kids do. The whole thing takes three minutes, probably less, because they don't quite do it as great as I'd like them to, but it can just be. <laughs> It can be five lunges, five forward lunges on each leg, five side lunges on each leg, five backward lunges. And then maybe you do some forward, backward leg swings and some side to side a couple minutes. It just gets you loosened up. Or it could be as simple as doing um, maybe like, you know, 10 to 20 skips or 10 to 10 to 20 butt kicks and then walking on your toes and walking on your heels. It doesn't it can be a nice big five minute elaborate um, routine, but it doesn't have to be. Um, And if you're super pressed for time, it can even be walking for a few minutes at the beginning of your run. You know, maybe in I'm, you know, everybody does this. They just are limited on time and they just want to get out there and just get get going. And the problem is, is those most of the time, especially for some of us who uh, are getting older and who are mothers, we're we're not maybe as active. Like, I guess I shouldn't say that because boy, people with little kids are active all day long. But now that my kids in particular are big, um, there's a lot more sitting. And so those tissues are cold. And when you just try to go out and try to run on that, you can set yourself up for little tiny micro tears in the muscle and that can cause big trouble down the line. So just doing a little bit of that stuff to just loosen things up, especially when you've been sitting for so long, it gets things activated, you get the right muscles working, and then you really, you can really jump into your workout then. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. And then the cool, the backside, the cool down. I love that you actually talked about this, um, in your blog post and, um, talk about what a cool down looks like and why do you include walking backwards? That was intriguing to me. Okay. So that is some, a little bit random that a uh, coach told me when I was in high school, I had shin splints. And at the time I did not understand it, but it worked. And so for, 15 years I did it that way until I actually got into PT school and figured out why that was actually a good thing. But um, obviously running is forward motion. So you're using those calf muscles in one direction over and over and over and over and over. So when you stop and at the end, if you just walk backwards and I usually like um, myself, I usually try to walk backwards, maybe like 200 meters or 
not like 100 or 200 meters. It's not super long. It's maybe a minute or two, um, but it just resets the muscle. It uses them in a different direction. It stretches them in a different direction and gives it different input. And it kind of acts like a neurological reset. Oh, um, it. So it can, it can actually help with shin splints. And in fact, I do, we have like a, my, my um, high school kids and junior high kids, they do, we do have a little routine. They do like heel walking and toe walking at the end of a run kind of as their cool down. But if they're having trouble with that, we just tell them to scratch it and just walk backwards because it works and it just yeah. feels good. It's just a different input to your system. I like it. That's very cool. I, you know, I, I don't know if you gave that tip on a comment or somewhere, but somebody somewhere mentioned it. Um, and I love to actually do it in a pool, which I realize oh. it doesn't matter, but uh, you know, it doesn't have the impact that, you know, or the calves aren't working. But the you're same still way. getting, you're still getting a great stretch to the muscles yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I do my lat, like my, you know, if I have a hundred cool down, I'll do like 75 and then, and this is the pool that I can touch the bottom the whole way through. It's shallow. And then I just walk backwards for the last 25. I'm like, yeah, the coaches don't even know that I just did that. I didn't swim yeah. the last 25, but it just feels good. And I stretch out my arms and stuff. So, so, so big, big, uh, testimonial for walking backwards. Um, awesome. Christy, thank you so much. This has been so helpful and, um, we look forward to chatting with you more. You are, um, having, you know, interacted with you for many, many years, um, around AMR, you are a wealth of knowledge and really practical, helpful knowledge. And, um, I, I know that people are going to really benefit from, from listening to you and, and picking up a tip here and there and integrating it into their routine. So, so excited to have you around and, um, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. This has been fun. Awesome. All right. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks.